Hey everyone, I'm Drew Wilmisher, and you're listening to the Wilmisher Music Pop. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R. That's how you spell this awesome name, and you say it, Wilmisher. W-I-L-M-E-S-H-E-R-R. I'll sing some songs if you sing along while I play this here guitar. That's how you spell this awesome name And you say it will mature On this week's episode, I am joined by my good friend, Trevante Bowles He and I have known each other for a while And he recently became a pastor with Passion City Church Serving at one of their satellite locations on the south side of Atlanta It's in a neighborhood known as Trillith And it's on the map because it's near some of the major soundstage studios where they film uh, big-budget Hollywood movies here in Atlanta. A lot of the Marvel movies have shot down there and others as well, and Trevante is serving the creative community in that neighborhood. It's exciting to talk with him this week about our theology, our history with the church, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and I just really appreciate a lot of his sincerity, his integrity, his authenticity. He's a great guy, and I've known him for years, and I'm so excited to have him on the podcast and to talk with him in a way that I get to share with all of you. In Wilmshire News, I am still continuing to announce that I am playing the Oakhurst Porch Festival on Saturday, October 8th. It's a great festival. Every porch in the neighborhood essentially becomes a, a stage a venue for music. So you can walk around the neighborhood here in Decatur, Georgia, listen to good music, bring your friends, bring your family, bring your plants and your pets. Heck, even bring your enemies, bring your bosses, bring people you've never met before. But just walk around, enjoy the good music, and keep on the lookout on social media and my website for when and where I'll be playing in that, what time I'll be playing, what porch I'll be playing at. It's going to be a really good time, and I just invite everyone to come on out, enjoy themselves, hear some good music. Uh, We're going to be singing some Jesus music and having fun with it at the same time. Wilmisher can be found at wilmisher.com or on social media at Wilmisher Music. That's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I just recently deleted Twitter, and I have to say that it has really freed up a lot of energy and space in my brain. I, I don't have anyone on Twitter that I think I'm going to lose, so I'm, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> but I just feel like it's really opened up a lot of minutes in my day. So that, that was a good and healthy choice. I just got back from the CD Baby DIY Musician Fest, uh, Conference, not festival. Uh, CD Baby is what I use to distribute my music, which is how you can find me on, I think, like 30 plus major streaming platforms. So in even minor streaming platforms, they do it everywhere. But they are the reason that you are able to hear my music. And it was a great weekend in Austin, Texas. I drove there. I drove through uh, from Atlanta to New Orleans and then from New Orleans to Austin. And then I did it backwards. And uh, the entire weekend I was in Austin, I think I ate exclusively tacos. Um, I ate at Torchy's, which was delicious. I ate at Stubbs, famous music venue and barbecue restaurant. Oh, so so much fun. And I love that city so much. And if I ever get to go back and play there, uh, that would be a dream come true. Speaking of, I'm trying to put some more dates on the calendar, but I would love to know where you would like to hear me. Where can I come to play live? Where should I go 
What venues should I hit up? Who's going to come? Um, I really want to be with you in the same space. It feels like we're getting safer. You know, I'm triple vaccinated and have had COVID already. So that is at least one disease I'm not too worried about anymore in terms of getting. Uh, I still want to keep people safe, but I'm excited to get back with people in person. So let me know where I should come. Where should I play? Who's going to be there? Come out. Let's sing some songs together. With all of that in mind, let's now go to the episode of the week and my conversation with Trevante Bull. So you're a dad. Yeah. And uh, you are now also, you, this isn't just the the most recent change. This is the most recent change in your life. Yeah. But also at the same time, you became a pastor. Yeah. For a community on the south side of town. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I just kind of... We're starting a new church and we're building a church. And so I've never worked for a church. Didn't think I would ever work for a church. Didn't really even think about working for a church. And, you know, I'm just grateful that I don't have a sovereign plan over everyone's life. And so I don't have control <laughs> or an idea of what people will do and move. And, and I didn't, I guess I didn't have any idea about my own life. And so God just kind of positioned me throughout the last few years to just be able to make changes and make decisions in a sound mind. And, and so I found myself with the, just the opportunity to help grow and build a church on the South side of Atlanta and in the Fayetteville area. And we just planting roots there and we just kind of letting God move and do his thing. And it's just grateful. And I kind of get an opportunity on any given day to just kind of lead the experience for all people that, from the moment you drive into the parking lot until you get in your seat and the different touching points and the different uh, environments and things like that, I get an opportunity to kind of lean into with a a team of door holders that are just amazing people and they want to serve people and they just want to do life with people. And so that's kind of where I find myself now in this, this whole life of just thankfulness and gratefulness and just to be a part of something that's just much bigger than I am. That's awesome. I, you know, it is so, it's so fun being your friend just because you are just a great guy. Um, being around you is so, so life-giving to me. Uh, but I, what I love about your story in particular is that we met at a, a community group yeah. for this church that you are now serving. Yeah. And so we were meeting in East Atlanta, yeah. uh, uh, Argosy, right? Yes. In, the, in, the, in the Argosy in the back room. With this giant squid above us, right? <laughs> and I felt like the door was like this huge, like old, like, 18th century like wooden door that kind of opens like with a creak sound and like where am I going back here and then you like oh these are people right like I would have been surprised to walk in there and find out that the sawdust on the floor (laughs) was from when it ran as a daytime (laughs) factory or something seriously like like, we're making nails for shoes (laughs) yeah seriously But yeah, that was fun. That was fun times, man. Just community groups. Community groups are just, I think, something that more people just should be involved with, even if you're not involved in the church. I think community itself and connecting with people is kind of what the gospel is for us. Absolutely. I was, uh, my wife and I were living in an apartment complex on the east side of Atlanta, and she was serving a church. 
and I was there, you know, yeah. I was nearby. Yeah. And, um, so she's an associate pastor. We're sort of professionally at this church. It's a great community, but it was also so good for me to go somewhere where I wasn't responsible yeah. for something happening. Like I could just go as a member, as a participant. And, uh, I'm so grateful I did because it, wound up with this very long-standing friendship now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, it was such a odd little spot to be in too. <laughs> yeah. I even, I even, I remember it's been years ago now, but we got to come see you at Eddie's Attic. Yes. And you were performing and it was just the coolest thing. And then you did play at our wedding. Yes. And I, it's just, it's got moves and just kind of connects people and brings people together, which I think is great. And, it's just always been just really close and really cool. Definitely. Definitely. I, you know, I never, I don't think I saw, ever saw any of the pictures from y'all's wedding. Really? You haven't? I don't think I have. I, I probably need to get you some of those pictures. I would love to because yeah. that space was gorgeous. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like you and you and your wife have always had uh, you know, a real finger on the pulse, I will say, <laughs> for, for stuff going on. Because we were at your, I was at your wedding. We're playing, I'm uh, playing piano. Uh, beautiful ceremony, um, super fun space. Yeah. And then it shows up later in a Marvel series on Disney plus as like someone's apartment Yeah, (laughs) and it's supposed to be in another country. And I'm like, Oh wow. That's where I've been to a wedding in this person, you know, this Marvel character's apartment. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And now at the same time, uh, you're, you're serving a community that is very tied to sort of the film industry in Atlanta, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, studios there are was one of the biggest, or either the biggest, like studio in the country, which is great. And so we get opportunity for different creatives and people moving into this melting pot, and people coming from you know out of out of college and from across the country to this this particular area, and we get to serve people and people see us outside doing different things and they're like what is this all about like what's happening here mm-hmm. like oh you want to come to church yeah and they're, and they're so surprised like oh this is this is church like yeah this is this is church like welcome to jesus like this is this is what he's about this is what he's about people honestly that is probably one of my favorite moments uh when meeting new folks as a a pastor as a, a church musician uh, someone very much into just you know jesus when you can sort of dispel people's um, preconceived notions yeah. about what it what it means, you're yeah. like, I know you have a history, and I respect that. Yeah, this is probably going to look different than that for sure. <laughs> and there are things I think I remember years ago listening to a uh, pastor Louis Giglio talking about the things that re- legitimately remain in church that you can find in scripture. It was like, it's really like five or six things yeah. <laughs> that we do as a church that are historically tied to the scripture. Yeah. And a lot of this other stuff is just very cultural, mm. you know, ritual uh, identity building yeah. around the church itself, but not necessarily around Jesus all yeah. the time. And so getting to that point where the things you do culturally as the church, you know, trying to figure out what it is that actually represents who Jesus is. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a good, um, a good thing to remember. Like you yeah. can interact pe- with people yeah. culturally where yeah. they are, you know, uh, yeah. you can, so what, like some, what are some of the events that you do 
uh, with your new church? Yeah, I mean, so we have team nights and we'll invite everyone in the city or around our house and door holders to in their families to come in and hang out and have community and we'll worship and we'll pray and we do movie nights we had a couple weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago we had a big movie night for everyone who wanted to come and we i think it was like a big family movie night and so we had popcorn machines out everywhere and hot dog pete's came by and we uh i think we played monsters inc and it was just a cool night right like couple hundred people out there and they brought lawn chairs and we had waters and everything it's just people just doing life i think it's kind of like what god wanted in the old testament like guys just love people hang out do these things have big barbecues yes and just treat people good right yes. and everything will be fine yeah right and <laughs> but people are people and so you know yeah. we had to you had to he didn't spare the rod and right. so i think we are just trying to show that grace and that love for that we just are here for people like i love that our church is for for people for the city and for the world like mm-hmm. for for god first and foremost but we're for people for the city and for the world and i love that one of the things that i have heard in the past few months that has really stuck with me And it came from Tom Hanks, the actor Tom Hanks. He was talking about uh, getting back into theaters. I think it was a question about what did it feel like to have a Buzz Lightyear movie in the theater at the same time that his own Elvis movie was out. You know, like he's playing Colonel Tom Parker in an Elvis movie. At the same time, a Lightyear movie is coming out that has nothing to do with his character from Toy Story. Right. And so he's like, well, you know, he was very gracious about it. He was like, oh, you know, I'm just glad that movies are back in uh i'm excited for people to get back to the theaters yeah because there and this is the thing that stuck out to me he said uh there's something about a group of people a group of strangers going into a room for an hour and a half and then walking out with a a shared common experience they have something in common at the end of that experience yeah and it's different than going out to dinner yeah you know it's different than going out to the park yeah. Uh, it's different when you get together with people for an event like a theater, like a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, I love that's one of the reasons I love putting on concerts. Yeah. Uh, it's because it's a shared experience that everyone has in common by the end. Um, and they're all experiencing it differently. Yeah. And church, I think, is a similar thing that people humanity needs, like a gathering yeah. space to worship together, to be together. And you by the end of the, the night, you all have something in common. Yeah. And I love, so I love using that, you know, the theater aspect of it. Cause who doesn't love going to the, we just took Evie to her first movie theater experience. (laughs) Oh gosh. We were one of two people in the whole building, (laughs) you know, and uh, we saw a talking animal movie. Right. And um, she's getting up in the middle of the movie and just running around the theater. So we see her little pigtails are (laughs) popping up over the tops of the seats as she's running around the theater. But we're like. This is so awesome for her that this is going to be a thing that she can enjoy do that, yeah. that is still here because yeah. um, we've loved being able to get to church and, and have sort of similar experiences. Yeah, um, I agree. I think one of the things I always say in stand-ups and rallies and to anyone I'm talking to, especially when it reference to church, is that a reason why I love serving at church and whether it's at my church or whether it's at a different church or whether it's big C church, right? Like the whole church. The reason why I love serving people is because you don't know what people are coming from. Like you don't know what people are running away from. 
You don't know what people are getting away from. You don't know what people are getting off from. Like, you don't know where they're coming from, but you do know what they're coming to. And it's like the role you get to play being in the seams of what they're coming to and what you get to be a part of. And that God is so gracious to allow us to be a part of that story with people. I think it's just great. It's like, man, we get an opportunity to hold this door open for someone else to experience something that we've already experienced. And I just find that just so fulfilling as a a person, regardless of I'm working for a church or, or not like just because before that I was a door holder for a long time. And just serving at different things and different events and different things like that. And so I feel that people just have an opportunity to step into something that otherwise they wouldn't have. That is, uh, I think, one of the things I appreciate so much about. Am I allowed to say the name of the church? Yeah. You're with, so Patchen City. Here in Atlanta, yeah. um, you are uh, working with this new developing community on the south side of town. Uh, but you started going to the five one five Garson Drive location, yeah. correct? So uh, one of the things I've noticed about Passion City is their ability to make big church feel small, yeah, in a good way. You know, like that's it's very community minded, yeah, and very helpful. Uh, I've I. It's very easy to talk to people, you know, yeah. and find someone to talk to when you go to to Passion yeah. City. So I'm kind of curious about, um, you know, you're now pastoring with this community. What was your experience like um, coming up uh, as a visitor or just as a, a worshiper? Yeah. Um, gosh, that was seven years ago now. Uh, well, I've been a door for seven, but over seven years. I'm st- I still consider myself a door holder. Like, I think if you look on my Instagram profile, I am pretty sure it's as door holder. <laughs> as one of my, like, hashtags on your on my profile. Because um, I'm just grateful and I'm proud to be a door holder. I think that people who've experienced something like life-changing should want other people to experience that. Um, and so, but yeah, when I first walked through those doors, it was a culture shock for me because I was from born in South Ridge of Florida, South Florida, small church. My grandmother's church was probably 30 people. If that, you know, like old school, like shotgun house type church. Like you open the front door, you can see out through the back. Like it's just really small little wooden church. And so I was used to old school, like gospel kind of heavy gospel church and who had ushers. Like, I don't even know the churches have ushers anymore, but like, we had the PCUSA is still rocking ushers. There you go. We had had ushers back then. And I think we even had volunteers. Like we don't call them volunteers at at passions, but we, we had volunteers. And so I just stepping into a place where people were just so welcoming and inviting and asked you how you're doing. And, a lot of people would ask, like, you should be a door holder. Like, you should you should come serve with us. And just wanted to know authentically, like, how are you as a person? And it was weird. And it was awkward. And it was like, what, like, there has to be, like, an ulterior motive. Like, like what are they trying to get out of me? Like, I'm going to give it today. Like, don't worry. Like, I am going to open my wallet. Like, you know? And so, <laughs> but it wasn't about that at all. It was just about love and about people and about, like, what they are just experiencing from just... A God that's so gracious and to allow him to be there. And so it just invited me into this this world. It's, it kind of totally changed who I was. Like, I remember one of my favorite football players growing up was Brian Dawkins. And he talked about, he was a devout Christian. And I didn't notice until I got older, but he was a devout Christian, like, just all about Jesus. But he was one of the most feared football players to ever play. And 
when he would go to practice or to a game, he had two lockers. And one locker was for, for Brian Dawkins and one locker was for Weapon X. And it was because when he changed into his football uniform, he he became something different. Like God gave him this ability to go out and perform at a level that other people couldn't. And he and he was prideful about that. Like mm-hmm. and he would be on the field and he'd be praying and he'd and he'd a kicker would go to kick a field goal and he'd like blow in the wind. He said, you see that God did that for me. <laughs> he missed that. Cause God did that for me. Right. And, and you know, and I just, I just love that idea of like, it's okay to, to for God to change who you are. Yes. To step into something that he has for you and to be authentic and to live boldly in that. And I just, I'm grateful for just that insight in my own life. That is so, uh, I love that visual just because I feel like, especially with athletics, especially with sports, um, but football in particular has probably one of the most, uh, intimidating uniforms, you know, like you were (laughs) padded up, you've got the mask on, like you do become different. And that is a, a, just an excellent illustration for what it looks like to, you know, I've asked people, you know, when you put on the Christian uniform, what does it look like? And it's very rarely anything clothing wise. Yeah. Um, this past summer, uh, one of the things that my wife worked on at her church was a compassion camp, which was their version of vacation Bible school. Yeah. And they had the memory verse from, uh, I want to say Galatians, uh, that therefore is God's choice. You've put on, you know, it's almost like the fruits of the spirit, you know, you've put on righteousness, Mm -hmm. humility, gentleness, these things that these characteristics that change who we are. Um, and that do really, I mean, they serve as this counterpoint culturally, you know, that these are things that are not common. Like you mentioned going into church and kind of feeling like, what is the motive here? What are you, what are you getting at? Like, am I going to leave? How light is my wallet going to (laughs) be at the end of this, this day? Uh, Am I going to get to talk to my family again or am I joining something? (laughs) And then, and finding out like, that's not it. Like that's not part of it. The, the whole reason is because these are things that we take seriously. Yeah. And when, and I think that's the thing that people freaks people out the most is when you do take it seriously and there is no motive, Yeah, you know, like that is, that's just so hard to comprehend sometimes. Yeah, it is. Um, that no, there's gotta be something You're like, no, I promise you there's not, <laughs> you can still call your mom and dad. Yeah. You're still allowed to be a part of your whole world. It's just yeah. that we believe that things, uh, that happen internally, yeah. you know, that when God works on your, on your life, you are, you know, yeah. <laughs> on the inside, you are weapon X yeah. <laughs> and I, I love a good comic book reference. Um, Wolverine, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> that's it, man. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so well, tell me a little bit more about, uh, growing up in the church as a kid. Um, yeah. you went to your grandmother's church. Yeah. I just, that was pretty much how it went, man. Like I would go to church with my grandmother on Sundays in the old school church that sang songs like "Keep Me on This Highway, Lord," like mm-hmm. old school, yes. old school uh, church songs, and uh, it went that way like most of my childhood. And you know, I, at some point, I would want to say maybe around seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, um, I didn't go for a long time, mm-hmm. and my mom didn't make me. My mom didn't really go, um, and. My uncle died when I was probably a sophomore in high school. So this had been probably three years of a three year stretch where church was not really something that I would go to consistently and um, not by just because no one didn't want me to go. It's just just kind of something I didn't do anymore. Um, And then my uncle passed when I was probably 
a sophomore junior in high school and I think that completely changed the way my mom saw life a little bit and um she got saved because of that and from that moment until this very second my mom has not looked back on her faith and on her journey and on just the faithfulness of God mm-hmm. and I think seeing that change in her um always kept it inside of me mm-hmm. but I was kind of like on my own path still like mm-hmm. you know I, I go through high school and I go through college and I'm the typical jock right as a college football player I got the God bless me to be able to play college football mm-hmm. at, a pretty, at a pretty high level and so I lived that life for a while and then it really wasn't until I found passion that I just saw church different. Mm-hmm. I saw Jesus different. And um, it just, it kind of just lit a flame that's been just like the pilot light on a on a on a heat, water heater that it's always there, yeah. but like until the water needs to be turned heated up, like that's when that flame ignites. And so I feel like that pilot light was just sitting inside of me until I, you know, I get embedded into the scenes of passion, and then now I'm on fire. Yeah, that's a that, that's a really great way to put that. You, I, okay, so you're a poet, and uh, that is uh, a, a really great journey. I feel like because it's relatable. Yeah. Um, I do feel like I, I, so I was kind of wondering like, what can I ask about, um, your, your experience as a football player, just because that is such a unique thing. Uh, you know, like a lot of people do, but I mean, not really (laughs) like, you know, there, there are many football players, but very few play at that level, you know, of college ball. Um, and even fewer make it to the NFL, which I've heard (laughs) joked around. It's like, it stands for not for long, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, football, man, it, it, it does a few things. I think if you use it the right way, mm-hmm. right. It's discipline. Yes. It's consistency. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, in a nutshell, it ties very closely to the way we should live mm-hmm. as Christians, right? Like we should be disciplined people. Mm-hmm. We should be consistent people and we should work hard in everything we do. Yeah. Right. And I think like, if you kind of understand those concepts behind just life mm-hmm. like i love that um like the bible tells us like whatever you're gonna do like whatever job you're doing do it for like the glory of god so whether you are the janitor and sweeping up the floor then like that floor should be the cleanest floor mm-hmm. it is right or if you're the ceo of amazon mm-hmm. then like the people in the company should mimic like just a light on a hill right mm-hmm. i think i just love that so football puts you in a place to where you're the lowest of lows, you're the highest of highs. And at both points in that spectrum, like you need to be excellent and you need to work hard and you need to not take it for granted. And you just need to always show up. And I think it's like as a follower of Jesus and as I love, and most people don't say this, but one of my favorite things that Paul says in uh, the new Testament is when he says followers of the way, I love the I love the term the way people of the way because people are usually like what is that like what does that mean and I just feel like I am just going somewhere right I'm, I'm like I'm following something and anytime you're following somebody you go through what that leader has gone through and mm-hmm. so as as a athlete when you're following a head coach to somewhere if the, if the head coach is going through some difficult times then the team's going to struggle with play calling and and you might lose some games if the coaches aren't on the same book and so if you're a Christian and you're following jesus 
he went through some things and so who are we not to be talked about and who are we not to be stoned like literally words of stone like who are we not to be yeah, persecuted yeah who are we not to be persecuted <laughs> and prosecuted like if we're following something mm-hmm. like if we're following a leader like then as the followers and true followers we should go through mm-hmm. what that leader has gone through yeah yeah i i sometimes i like to remind people um you know as, and i do i go through this myself where i think why is it so hard and you know, I'm reminded. Well, the person you're following died. Yeah, yeah. So humbly too. If, if Jesus can't escape it, yeah. If it, if it happened to Jesus, yeah. it's probably going to yeah. get pretty bad for you yeah. too. And I think that's um, tough. I think that's tough because the world has this idea of how things should go. Right. And has this idea of what's right and yes. what should be acceptable yes. and what you should accept. And if you don't, then like, how are you even a good person? Like, and how are you like, why is this allowed? Like, how could you think the way you think? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we are as people. It's like, everyone has this idea of how, we should respond and how we should act and how we should live because their, I guess their concept of truth is off of their own perception of what they want. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, nowadays people can be like, well, I don't like that two plus two equals four, but you can't change the math. Right. <laughs> you can't change the fact that if I have two of this and two of this is one, two, three, four, yes. you can't, you might not like it. You might not, you might not agree with it, but that's the facts. And so like, you can't change the fact that Jesus died for our sins. I uh, have been, doing therapy for a while now Uh, i have you know i wake up with scripture in the morning and therapy in the afternoon yeah and it's been helpful and i think one of the tensions that i've that has come up in that is my concept of fairness my concept of justice yeah um you know is it's hard to to reconcile Mm. with the way things are in the world yeah you know the way i I want things to be and the way i think things should be do not always go that way yeah and Grace also makes that frustrating because it makes grace makes justice unsatisfying (laughs) when you go, but I want it to, I want there to be some justice. Like I know you want there to be justice, but you can't always give people what they deserve. That's slow to anger, man. It's like, that's how slow are you got to be angry? Like we need some anger. (laughs) Hilariously. I'll never forget sitting in seminary and we're going through the Hebrew scriptures and we're like translating and we're in the Psalms. That's one of the Psalms says, God's you're slow to anger. That's the English that we've always gotten. The literal Hebrew is like, God, you are long of nose, (laughs) which we were like, what does that mean? (laughs) Uh, Professor question. And he said, oh, well, that's an idiom. That's a poetic way of saying God has a slow temper. And we're like, you have to bridge some gaps for us because we do not talk like this. And he said, well, it was considered the nose was the fuse of the face. You know, like when you get really hot and angry and your nose turns red. Like God's nose was so long that it never turned red because he never, his fuse never burned out. out. Like he just had patience and that made more sense yeah it makes a lot more sense um, when you know the backstory and you you see it in books like the uh, first and second kings first and second chronicles yeah. where it's just like copy paste repeat uh yeah. over and over of 
The people uh, found out they weren't doing what God wanted. Yeah. They ripped their clothes and mourned and got and repented. And then God came back to them and they were all good. Yeah. And then they started doing what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. And God left. And yeah. then they were sad again because yeah. they were doing what was wrong. Yeah. And then they repented. And it just, it's this cycle over and over again. Yeah. And you're like, so God, God's patience really is infinite. It's kind, it kind of makes you wonder, like, the sovereign plan that God has is like, but he still allows people to live mm-hmm. and kind of make decisions and do things. I, I was doing some, some studying, some reading, and I was getting to this point. I was like, gosh, like in the Bible, there's a lot of talk about God being alpha and omega mm-hmm. him being the beginning and the end him being the author and the finisher. And all of these things are on two sides of a spectrum It's like, all right, the beginning and the end. I know what that is, right? Like the author and the finisher. All right, I know you start a book. I know you, and you end the book. I, I know how that is. Right. I know the alpha and the omega. I know like the omniscient, I know these big things, but he doesn't talk anything about the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think like a lot of times that's where we are. Like as people, like we're in this middle space and we're expecting the alpha to, or the omega to do all these things for us. It's like, but his, like you're in the middle of this, of his plan. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the end is going to happen the way he wants it to, but like, he's allowing you giving you time while you have time to write yourself into that story. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us <laughs> just kind of make these decisions and we want what we want and when we want it. And so right. our, our, <laughs> our middle ends up being a little crazier <laughs> and a little just unsatisfying. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's so fascinating. I had a friend in college explain like the, the God's timeline is like a train that's been going forever. Yeah. And you get on and you don't know how long it's been going, but you know, you're on now, <laughs> you are now. and eventually you're going to get off and the train's going to keep, keep going. going. <laughs> like you're not going to get to the end of the tracks Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> like yeah. the, you don't, the, it, it is just what you do at the time yeah. that you're on the train. Yeah. Um, and I, honestly, I love talking to preachers yeah. <laughs> in particular because this is great. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm going to steal a lot of this later for sermon <laughs> illustrations. I know we always talk about so me and my college buddies. We, it's crazy. Like I've I've had the, the opportunity to, to play it against Notre Dame in in that stadium and run out of that tunnel, which is historic, right? I've played at the big house where you play in front of a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand people in, in, in Michigan. I played. In Michigan State, when when the entire stadium will do the the three hundred chant, and when they will do the Spartans, right, and they'll go oh, like the entire stadium. I've I've had the opportunity to do all that, but when I talk to my teammates, we don't talk about any of that. Oh, really? We don't talk about those games that these big moments. Yeah. We always talk about like being on that train for a long time. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about when we got off the play. We talk about like, man, you remember that time in the locker room when <laughs> this happened? Or you remember that time at practice when coach made you do this all all day? Or you remember that time like walking to practice? Or you remember that time when we, the entire team went this way? Like we talk about the things that like the journey mm-hmm. and the tough times along the journey, like, cause like those are the things that kind of mold you mm-hmm. into those big moments that you really even reflect on that much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, gosh, like the journey of this life is substantial because it hardens you to be able to withstand a stopping point. Right. Right. I, you know, I think about it in terms of prepping for a concert, prepping for a live performance when I'm putting music together and I use a lot of tools, you know, I've got a looping pedal and all kinds of effects over here. 
if there's a power outage, like I need to know (laughs) what to do in that case. So I practice the music just on guitar and just me singing and make that as good as possible and then add in all the other stuff around it. Um, and it is so, but it is, it's so much work. It's so much repetition. Yeah. It's so much, uh, building up habits, building up muscle memory, building up these things. And when you, and I do that kind of alone, so I don't have uh, quite as much community, but there, I can imagine you're going through all those things that you do on a daily basis. You're going to remember the people you see on a daily basis a lot more than the hundred thousand fans that you saw for a couple hours. And that's cool. That's an amazing experience. I can imagine. But you're also not doing that every day. (laughs) So it's like a nice, you know, thing in the highlight reel. Yeah. But the people that you, that also saw that every day are going, that relationship has to be different, you know? Uh, And and I love that um, you you all get together and you, you talk about being a team, not making a play. Yeah. (laughs) And that is so different. Yeah. It's, (laughs) is that idea of just accepting the fact that you're going to suffer Mm-hmm. But like suffering well And mm-hmm. I think that's where people stop When it comes to like If God is so good then like why does all these things happen and, yeah. and why should this happen And why can't this stop happening It's like suffering It chastises you And cre- molds you And creates something that's hard It's like the same thing that softens a potato Hardens the egg mm-hmm. Yes Yes Right, like, boiling water. Yeah, like the boiling water is always boiling it's water. It's always boiling water. It doesn't change, but some it will harden mm-hmm. and it will create something, and the other it will just turn into mush. Mm-hmm. And I think like just understanding like it's okay to suffer well. Yes. When uh, I had a friend who uh, pastors a church in Tennessee, he was talking about the crucifixion. Yeah. You know, we were leading up to Easter. We weren't there yet. So we weren't getting to the resurrection just yet, um, which is what I hang my hat on. Without resurrection, the crucifixion is <laughs> we just all, sad. We all hang a hat on that. <laughs> I need it. Like, is, this, is this all even matter? If, like the resurrection wasn't a thing? Right. Like, you know, I guess it really doesn't. Right. Like, but he said, uh, you know, one of the when people ask, like, why did Jesus have to die? Yeah. It's like um, he talks about talking to his daughter yeah. who uh, asked about Christmas one year and like, why do we celebrate? So he walked, walked her through the whole work and life of Jesus and do unto others and uh, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and soul yeah. and, and be kind, um, treat others the way you want to be treated on a very, you know, just very accessible lessons mm-hmm. that she could handle as a four-year-old and then getting uh, to the end of the story. And she's like, so what happened to him? And just explaining, well, his message was making people uncomfortable and, folks in power didn't like Mm. this idea uh so they they put him to death yeah and then explaining the resurrection after the fact well then cut fast forward a month later and they're having the same conversation on martin luther king jr weekend he's like this is why you're not in school is because this guy martin luther king jr yeah said these things uh and she's like that's that's just like uh what jesus said and he said well yeah he was a preacher and he's like he was a preacher for jesus and he said yeah and then she pauses for a minute and you can tell that she's putting something together, but he doesn't yeah. know what. And she says, did they kill him too? And it's like, this is the world's response to that message, yeah. to the kingdom of God, yeah. because it is, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's an ironic shot across the bow yeah. of the powers and principalities, mm-hmm. right? Like the powers of this world yeah. cannot yeah. afford yeah. to have competition yeah. in God. Yeah. 
And the great thing about it is, yeah, we try humanity tried to kill Jesus. Yeah. It didn't stick. It didn't stick. <laughs> that's the good news. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but that's a part of the the suffering in the world. Like we have to take ownership of the fact that sometimes yeah. we make that happen. Yeah. Because God does not isn't working alone on yeah. earth. Yeah. Like we we have some agency in that too. That's great. And so accepting the fact that we are capable of evil is hard to swallow. Yeah. And it's hard to reconcile that within ourselves. Like, no, I'm not that bad a person. Like, no, everyone has the potential. (laughs) You have potential for good and bad. And that's, and getting, and that's one of the things that's come up in therapy for me a lot is like coming to terms with the moments when greed, you know, takes over Mm -hmm. and I put my needs in front of someone else's, Yeah, but also beginning to recognize those moments has been really helpful because it means that, I'm able to put a leash on that dragon, so to speak. (laughs) It lives under my house and it's, but I can, I can work on my end to make it small. Yeah. And eventually Jesus will come and bury it for me. Yeah. It kind (laughs) of reminds me of when Paul in Romans talks about this wretched man. Mm -hmm. I am like, like, I know what is right, Mm -hmm. but something inside of me likes to do what's wrong. Yes. And like, that's, like that's just that battle. Yes. Like I know what is right. Like, and I know what's right in me is the grace of God, like in his faithfulness to me. But like, there's this sinful nature in this wretched man that just likes to do what he likes to do. Yes. And like, so I have to be <laughs> conscious and I have to fight and I have to know like that these wounds and this, this thorn in my side is there for a reason. Like I, and then I probably got to get out of here pretty soon, but there is, um, with this fascinating thing that I was just revelations and I'm just grateful that God's even giving these revelations when I'm reading, I'm studying. So I was looking at the resurrection and I was looking at the crucifixion and I was like, okay. And I'm thinking about the human body and what, ha- what needs to happen in, in a body to live and to survive. And so you're looking at the crucifixion and he was pierced in his side and he was whipped and he was beaten, you know, he was put he was nailed to the cross. And then in the resurrection, I was thinking about, okay, like, well, what did God do for his body that would get him to like walk out of this tomb and to like live and breathe. And so I'm thinking about, he had to get like the blood flowing back in his, in his body. He had to get his heart pumping again. He had to get his lungs expanding again. He had to fix all these things, right? He had to get all these things in order, even the whips, right? He had to get all these things. And, and I was like, Oh, well, okay, that's great. And then I'm reading and we get to a part where Thomas says, it, like, unless I see, and, and I, and I stopped, I was like, well, you know what? Like God in the resurrection did all these things for him to, to live, but he did not change the scars and the holes in his hands. And he did not change the, the, the piercing in his side. And I, and I think it's because like those things that change us, brands us so that someone can see that God is faithful. In that the, the tough things we go through, there's life for us. I think that is uh, a beautiful image, if only because it speaks to the authenticity and integrity of Jesus and to the authenticity and integrity of God to not go, I, I have come back. 
but to say, no, it really is me. It really is me. I, I'm carrying everything you witnessed. I, I'm carrying the scars of the of this world. Uh, you know, <laughs> I like in my head, I'm I'm going to a bit where you know, like Jesus goes to a plastic surgeon. And he's like, so is there is there anything yeah, we can do about the scars? Yeah, right. It just blows <laughs> my mind. I'm like, God, you did all these things, right? Like. You, the guy's breathing. He's living. His blood's pumping. Like yeah. his heart, his lungs. He's like, but there's still holes in his hand. Mm-hmm. That brand. And I think when we get our scars, yes, you know, we get our piercings, we get our dagger, we get whatever. It's like, how can God allow this to happen? Right. Because there's something on the other side of this that somebody's going to see that and be like, how did you make it out? Yeah. Of what you went through. Right. Like what what God what the world intended for evil, God intended for good. good. And we yep. know that because in Revelations and later in the Bible says he'll lift up his hands and a thousand or a nation will be saved in a day. And you make you think, well, is it because they see those holes in his hands? Right. Or because <laughs> this glory just came back. Right. I bet it's like, God, are those holes? Is that what's... It's, it's him. It has to be the guy because he has... Wait, wait, Jesus. Where is up your arm? Nope. That's in the side yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. He's got it all. Yeah. <laughs> that's not makeup. That's yeah. not cornstarch. That's real. That's great, man. Well, uh, Trevante, before you go, I'd like to uh, go through uh, a little bit of what I'm currently calling the slow round. I'm sure we'll come up with a better name for it. Great. Um, but these are just some some questions, uh, some prompts, uh, stuff that I like to use uh, in my songwriting yeah. when I feel stuck and need to just write something down. Okay. Um, but one question that comes to mind, uh, so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. How did you rebel as a child? Hmm. Man. So I'm my mom's only child. Okay. I got a brother and a sister, two sisters from my dad, half okay. brother sisters. I, I don't, I, I'm struggling to think of this one because I yeah. mean, like I just knew I was my mom's only. And so like, she wasn't too, she didn't hold the leash too tight. Like mm. she kind of let me grow up a little bit. I mean, I I don't think I rebelled. Like, okay. Did anything that like my mom didn't know about or mm-hmm. like we always had that relation relationship, you know, honestly, I didn't do anything like, out of the ordinary as a kid. Gotcha. I think, uh, I can imagine too, there probably would have been some consequences, uh, elsewhere as well, not just within the house, but yeah. Because okay. you were, you were playing football at such a high level. I imagine that there would have been like, yeah. all right, you're benched. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not just family consequences where yeah. you're thinking about, I want to do right by mom, yeah, but also I don't want to play this. I'm weekend. trying to think. <laughs> I mean, I was a talker, mm-hmm. and so I probably I got in trouble in school a lot. There you go. Of always talking, and I'm same. It, I can just talk to everybody. I mean, I, it doesn't matter. I can talk to a wall if I have to. But and so I would always get kicked out of class a little bit from talking. Gotcha. But I think I was such I a that. such a relatively decent football player that my coaches just kind of <laughs> kept me in there in their office. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so I'm a huge extrovert. And yeah. in the past couple of years, like when we were in the heart of quarantine, yeah. you know, everyone was was staying home and social distancing. Like I heard I hurt so much for physical contact with another human being that mm. outside of my family um, that I would actually drive around uh, mm. at dusk. I found uh, I saw the silhouette 
coming back into my neighborhood, I saw the silhouette of what I thought was a person like walking their dog along yeah. the side of the road. And I rolled down my window and I stopped to say hi. It was just a high pile of garbage in sort of a vague human shape. And I wish that that had only happened once. Yeah. But I was on Agnes Scott's campus several uh, like a year later. They were had they had their like uh, homecoming week tradition yeah. that they call Black Cat Week. Okay. And one of the things is each class gets a color, like red, yellow, blue, green. Yeah. And they decorated the quad in, like, garbage. But it was all garbage that was painted their own class Purposeful color. garbage. Exactly. Garbage with a purpose. Garbage with a purpose. And so I'm walking across campus to meet with some students, and I see what I thought was a person waving. Yeah. And I go up to talk. I'm like, this is great. Like, hi. Yeah, well, I'd love to meet you. And it was a mannequin <laughs> in uh, an Adirondack chair. Oh, wow. I was like, well, at least you were meant to look like a person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you hope. It did. So that's uh, so I totally get like talking. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Uh, I also remember in high school, like my parents would set a curfew and it was a hard curfew that I just did not abide by. I was the third. Uh, kid by oh, okay. like a wide margin oh, okay. and so i kind of took advantage of how sleepy my parents would get yeah. <laughs> so they'd go to bed before my curfew and then i'd come home at like 2 30 in the morning <laughs> never were doing anything yeah. like illicit or illegal yeah. but i was just having a good time, good time. and staying out too late <laughs> yeah i mean if i ever did anything like that my mom i would my mom would know though and, she, and oh, because yeah. i would tell her sure she would she would never get upset it was like I just was all, would always be honest with like, yeah, I, I didn't get home like two a.m. or midnight. There you go. You know, she's like, "Are you serious? Like, you have school? Like, you need to do like." And so she would have a conversation, but I mean, she kept me on a straight and narrow. I mean, I made it out, made it to college and graduated. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did right. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, Trevante. Thank you so much for being here and uh, and being a part of the Wilmshire Music Podcast. Yeah, absolutely, it was great. <laughs> it was great. We'll probably have to do it again sometime. Definitely, definitely. Uh, hopefully. I can help you get started on your own podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll figure out if I have anything to talk about. We'll Does see. I just do what I do and just start talking. You said you can talk. Yeah, that's, that's all you not have a problem. to do. I don't, think, I don't think that's a problem. I guess maybe we'll figure it out. Well, it's absolutely. I'm figuring this thing out yeah. as we go. Dravante, again, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to uh, like, subscribe, uh, leave a rating. I love reading all the ratings. I love hearing what you're enjoying. Uh, Let me know if there's anything else you would like to hear more about. And be sure to tell your friends about the Wilmshire Music Podcast. Tell them about Wilmshire Music. Share the music, people. Uh, That is what I'm all about. And I hope to uh, hear from you and see y'all real soon in the future. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok at Wilmshire or at Wilmshire Music. And check out the website. Uh, I'll be posting a link for an email list soon so you can sign up so you never have to miss a thing. Uh, I'll give you updates about where I am, what's going on, when new podcast episodes come out so you don't have to miss those. Uh, Sometimes I'll just send daily encouragements because not daily, but often enough. And you'll get to feel a little inspired. You'll get to feel a little seen. You'll get to feel a little bit of the love of God, because that is what I love to share more than anything else. So have a great week. Have a great day. Have a great time. And we'll see y'all next time.